Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. It is February 13th, 1986. This is Agent Bill Hagmeyer. I'm sitting with Theodore. Oh, Ted. I'm sitting with Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy has 13 hours to live, and he is using those hours to try and buy himself more time. He's ready to talk. He said he's ready to confess to everything, but I only talked to one person. There are families out there looking for answers. The world needs to know why he killed those girls. You're some hotshot young upstart, and I'm your next big case. You're going to be the guy who broke me. There are a lot of myths and misunderstandings about me. What are you going to tell me? Everything. What do you think he wants? You and I will sit down and have the conversation you've wanted this whole time. When you get too close to a guy like this, you can lose your way. Do you think you could kill somebody? I'm an FBI agent. That's not what I'm saying. You can't hold these girls hostage. I'm not playing games. How many did you kill? Let's say 30. Let's say we talk about the real number. 30 is a nice round number. Inside my head. I'm looking for understanding. You think they should kill me, don't you? You think it's my time to die? Frankly, they probably should have done it a long time ago. I'm going to take you somewhere that I've never taken anyone before. I need a moment with Bill. He's my best friend. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 364. Releasing across the US on August 27 in theaters, video on demand, and digital is No Man of God, a psychological drama that tells the true story of the complicated relationship between FBI profiler Bill Hagmeyer and serial killer Ted Bundy during Bundy's final years on death row. Featuring fantastic performances from Luke Kirby and Elijah Wood, Known Man of God is a serial killer movie void of exploitation and filled to the brim with smarts and depth. Joining me now is the director of No Man of God, Amber Seely. Amber, I thank you so very much for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. So, as I am prone to do, uh, when I found out I was going to interview you, I did a deep dive into my research, and I, and I found that you really didn't ha- not have much of an interest in serial killers. So, it was curious to me, why take on a film that focuses on the last years of perhaps the most notorious serial killer of all in Ted Bundy? What was the appeal um, in the script that you read that really kind of spoke to you as a filmmaker to want to take on this movie? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, I wasn't, you know, known for this genre or um, really kind of entrenched in it. And uh, my first thought was like, me, a Ted Bundy movie? Like, you know, and it kind of made me laugh. And then I thought, well, you know, I'll read the script. And so I did. And it was such a great script. It was such a smooth read. And I found that I really had a take on it. And then I kind of liked that I was an outsider. I I thought, well, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I know I'm a filmmaker, and I have confidence in my filmmaking abilities. And I think most filmmakers feel like they have interest in multiple genres, and I definitely am one of those people. Um, and so I thought, well, 
like, why can't an outsider tell this story? And the other thing that really rose up for me was I'm a woman and I know what it feels like to be scared of a man. And I know what it feels like to walk down a dark street and hear footsteps behind you and be, you know, trained to hold your keys with the keys sticking out in your fingers when you walk to your car at night. And, you know, so I felt like, well, there's a part of this story that actually isn't Bundy's, that is, you know, a, a very gendered uh, experience. Mm. And I felt like, I, you know, I know that experience. I can speak to that part of it. And even though that's not a huge part of the narrative of the film, um, it was a part that I wanted to kind of uh, put a, lay a light sort of film over it, an infusion of, of that kind of uh, awareness or sensation. And so, uh, you know, I just felt like I was like, I, I have something to say. You know, you read scripts all the time and sometimes you're like, oh, this one doesn't speak to me. And sometimes they do. And for whatever weird reason this one did. Um, and so I, you know, I decided to do it. And I think also it was really about the people involved in the project. You know, um, to me, it's, it's, it's really, I want to work with people who are artists at heart and think about film. You know, obviously it's a business and you want films to make money, but also, you know, I, I like taking risks, creative risks and Spectre Vision also like taking creative risks. And so in that way, we are a really good partnership. Did any of your perceptions or apprehensions in regards to that kind of film, that kind of subject, changed now that you've actually dived into the deep end in regards to the whole kind of Ted Bundy serial killer experience? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I certainly, you know, when, uh, you know, I think a lot of people say, you know, another Ted Bundy movie, do we need any more? And that's, I think that's a really valid question, you know. And I think that... Um, you know, there are two things that can simultaneously exist. You can be both interested in that kind of, you know, terror or horror thing that happens, and you can also be questioning why we're interested in that kind of thing. Hmm. And so to me, I really tried to keep both of those things alive at the same time. But, you know, if people say, you know, well, you're as guilty as anyone, Amber, because you you also made a, a Bundy movie, they're not wrong, you know. And at the same time, I still felt like there was something new to add to the canon of films on Bundy. I felt like, you know, um, we had a different angle, you know, I've seen his life, um, or, or I've seen people be genuinely curious about, you know, the court cases, um, and his relationship with, uh, you know, Liz and, and other women in his life, but I hadn't seen the relationship with Bill before. Um, and I didn't really know that much about that, that part of his life. Um, you know, the end of his life. And so to me, it, it was new, new information that we were, you know, sharing or, you know, exploring. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that quite answers the question, but it's, you know, it's certainly, I think these things are so complex. I, I feel like the interest in the true crime genre, you know, one could argue that, that that's a bad thing, you know, that we shouldn't be interested in that kind of thing. And I don't think those people are wrong. And at the same time, I also think that the interest in true crime and horror and, and genre, you know, that genre stuff, you know, I do think there's a, a very human and good thing that comes at the core of that. You know, I think that when we are driving on the freeway and we rubberneck and we see a car crash and we look to see, like, oh, what happened to those people? You know, I think that's a very human instinct. And I think it comes from a place of, like, oh, those poor people, what happened to them? Are they okay? You know, I think it comes from being concerned about other humans. So, um, yeah, so, again, it's one of those complex things where the, the, both the yin and the yang, the positive and the negative, can exist at the same time. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. 
founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. Luke Kirby plays uh, Ted Bundy in the film. He's terrific. I think it's a best performance I've seen of that portrayal of that of that person yet I've seen on film. Um, he was very reluctant, though, himself to take on the role. And he has said that you've had to, yeah. you know, speak to him, convince him that this was the role for him to take on. What was it that you said to him that kind of swayed him to, to take on the role? Because whatever you did, it worked really well because he's just fantastic in the movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm, de- I'm definitely, you know, biased, but I think he's definitely the best Bundy. Um, I really wanted him to play the part, and I just couldn't get him out of my head. And so, yeah, we, we offered it to him through the normal channel, through his agents, and he turned it down. And, and I, he's friends with friends of mine, and I just thought, you know, I just, I just want to talk to him. I totally respect why he wants to turn it down, you know, and I just, I just want to talk to him. I, just, I, just, I wanted to know more about why, and I wanted him to know what my kind of take was on the film. Um, and so we met in a park, actually, at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, we met and, and we, we had a socially distanced park walk um, where, where we talked for a few hours, actually. And I just shared with him, you know, how I wanted to go about it and how, for me, this wasn't about it being, you know, a recreation of his crimes or a kind of fetishization of his crimes, that this was more exploring the relationship between the two men, um, the effects that that relationship had on Bill and then also questioning, you know, what do the women in the room think and why are we so interested and continually interested in Bundy? And I don't have the answer to that question, but I, I, I love asking the question. Um, and so I think he just, you know, was really on board with that. He was, you know, not knowing me and not knowing what my kind of take was going to be. I think, you know, he first was worried that it was going to be, um, you know, just, uh, kind of slasher film and that was he just wasn't interested in doing that kind of thing so i think once we talked um you know we found we had a kinship and um yeah he was he was wonderful really uh, just a joy to work with bill hagmeyer is such a fascinating man you actually got a chance to to meet him um what were your impressions of him having met him a few times in in, in your research of this film yeah, he, he's a wonderful man. I, you know, so because of the pandemic, he lives in Virginia and I live in Los Angeles. And so we have not met in real life, but we have, uh, I mean, in person, but we have shared uh, many phone calls and many emails. And uh, and he sent me stuff in the mail. And uh, obviously, you know, he gave us those recordings of him and Bundy, the actual recordings. And so I've listened to all of those. And he was such a, a great resource. You know, I, I had so many phone calls, long, long phone calls with him where he told me, you know, 
everything I wanted to know. He was very generous. He was really a wonderful um, resource of, of information. And, you know, I could ask him anything all the way from how did this feel? You know, did it affect you all the way down to like, what color ties did you wear? And, um, you know, he, send me pictures of your haircut so I can copy your haircut. <laughs> uh, so he was, yeah, he's, he's a really lovely guy. He's a very special person. He's very, I mean, I think he has just a natural uh, kindness and empathy to him. Um, I think he comes at things uh, not with judgment, but really with love. And I think that that really informs a, a part of how he's so good at his job. You know, he, he uses that in his work. And certainly some of it is an act, right, when he's sitting across from somebody. But um, but I do think there's just a genuine curiosity and goodness to him that enabled him to be um, be such a good profiler. The movie touches on many different themes, I think something that really spoke out to me is the duality of man. At this table, you have Bundy, you have Hagmeyer. Different circumstances perhaps could have them on opposite ends of the table. Um, that duality, that that capacity for good and evil to be within everyone, and it just takes certain decisions, certain upbringings, certain other factors to just change how a, a person approaches violence and such. Is that something that really spoke to you in regards to the relationship yeah. between these two men? Yeah, it definitely spoke to me. I mean, I think that, well, first of all, I do think that Bundy had, uh, you know, I, I think he had some pretty severe mental illness. I do think he was a psychopath, so that's definitely a part of it. But excluding talking about that part, um, you know, I think that we all have good and evil in us. I think we all have to continually make choices. Um, to um, be good people, basically. You know, I think we all have, uh, you know, maybe, you know, experiences in our lives that were maybe not good, and, and we could choose to let those things filter into making us bitter, angry, mean people. Um, and I think it is work constantly to approach the world from a place of love and not from a place of, place of judgment. Um, and, you know, for me, at least, it's certainly constant work, you know, like I, I'll drive on a freeway and, oh, why'd that person cut me off, you know, and then I have to just be reminded, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know if that person didn't see me or maybe they're rushing to get their kid who's late, you know, they, they're late to pick their kid up or something. You know, I just don't know what they're going through. So um, to me, it is a part of kind of the human existence that we do have to constantly make a choice to come from a place of love and to care about our fellow hu fellow humans. And I think, you know, particularly right now, what we're going through in the pandemic, right? I mean, literally the air that we exhale could kill our neighbors and our community. And so um, it's really important, especially now, to make choices that um, show that you care about others. So for everyone listening, No Man of God releases... Friday, August 27th, across the states in theatres, video on demand and digital. It's one of my favourite films of the year, Amber, and I think you've done really great work here. It's a fantastic film, and I hope everyone does get to see it. And congratulations to you, and thank you so much for your time today to talk about it. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it.